Well, good morning, IWU. It's so great to be back on campus at my alma mater. Thank you, Dr. Bray. It's so great to see you again. Thank you, uh, friends and professors who've already reconnected with us this week. We had a fantastic experience here on campus, and I hope that you have too. A little over three years ago, a friend of mine named Michaela was standing outside on the edge of a street contemplating suicide. She had just gotten into a shouting match with her best friend over the phone. And she felt like she couldn't go on living anymore. She was a completely broken young woman and had finally hit rock bottom. You see, for 26 years of her life, Michaela had experienced one heartache, heartbreak after another. She was only 26 years old, and she had already been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, clinical depression, and acute anxiety. Her doctors and psychiatrists had tried just about every form of medication with her, and nothing seemed to help. The highest doses her body could handle. And yet, when the medication didn't work, Michaela started to self-medicate, to try to fill the emptiness that still was there inside. But nothing seemed to help. And so as she stood on the edge of the street that day, with tears streaming down her face, Michaela felt like she couldn't breathe. She couldn't think clearly anymore. She knew that her heart was gone, and she felt like she was dying inside. In her own words, Michaela wrote this, With the tips of my shoes on the curb, I looked towards the oncoming traffic, thinking that my three young boys would be better off without me. But before I could take that final step out onto the street, a miracle happened. My cell phone rang, she said. I answered the unknown number, and it was a pastor from Wellsprings of Freedom International asking if I could come in and meet with them as soon as possible. And at that moment, Michaela felt led to go and get in her car and to drive up to Wellsprings of Freedom. She walked into that meeting a broken woman, She walked out three hours later with a peace that she had not experienced in years. She was delivered from evil spirits that were absolutely tormenting her from the time she was young. And after a series of more freedom sessions over that next year, she experienced so much healing and freedom that even her psychiatrist talked to her at the end of that year and told her that she had been accidentally misdiagnosed with bipolar disorder. Today, Michaela is now a single mom of three beautiful young boys and serves on one of my weekly ministry teams at Wellsprings of Freedom International. Michaela has become a healed healer And out of her own healing and experience of freedom, she is now able to offer hope and healing and freedom to others. Michaela's story is living proof that the spiritual battle that we face is real. 
Michaela loved Jesus, but she was still held in bondage to the enemy. Why? Because the battle is real. The scriptures are clear that there is a real cosmic battle raging in the unseen realm. In fact, it was the Apostle Paul who to the church in Ephesus wrote these words in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. He says, this is not a wrestling match against a human opponent. We are wrestling with rulers, authorities, the powers who govern this world of darkness, and spiritual forces that control evil in the heavenly world. And to a church that is in a city that once served as a center for pagan worship and magic and sorcery and witchcraft and occult activity, Paul says that we are at war, that we as Christians live in a battle zone. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, though, but against real spiritual enemies. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it's Jesus talks about there being a real battle being waged for our souls between the thief who has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. And between Jesus Christ who has come to give us life, life to the full, abundant life. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, the Apostle Peter says that be alert, be aware, because we have an enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he says, resist him, standing firm in the faith. So scripture is clear that there are very real, evil, supernatural forces that are seeking our moral and spiritual demise as Christians. From beginning to end, the biblical worldview is one of spiritual conflict between good and evil, light and darkness, between the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan. So we can no longer deny or ignore the reality of spiritual warfare in our Christian lives. The battles are raging all around us. And as our culture continues to entangle itself more and more in spiritual darkness, it is going to become essential for every Christ follower, every local church, to be thoroughly equipped for spiritual battle. But from experience, I've noticed that there are two obstacles, two challenges that we as a church often face here in North America. The first challenge is what I call worldview blindness. We as Christians in the Western world, here in North America, are often blinded to the realities of spiritual warfare. Our naturalistic, materialistic, scientific worldview often excludes the supernatural from life. Therefore, even as Christ followers, we tend to view life and scripture through secular or scientific lenses. So it's difficult for us to believe in anything to do with the spirit world. In fact, belief in the demonic, including in academic circles, is sometimes viewed as simplistic, naive, ignorant, unsophisticated, and for the uneducated. And we relegate it to the realm of myth and superstition. Yet in the non-Western world, where my wife and I live for a number of years, the majority of the world Christians have no problem believing in the reality of angels and demons in the spirit world. They take the realm of the demonic seriously and understand the nature of spiritual conflict. 
As a former missionary in Eastern Europe, we didn't have to prove to people there that Satan and demons exist. They understood those realities. And since returning to the United States, I sometimes wonder if we're not the ones as Westerners who are a little bit ignorant and narrow and blinded in our thinking. It's a valid question we need to ask ourselves as a North American church. So that's one challenge, but there's also a second challenge that we struggle with, and that's the influence of Hollywood on our thinking about spiritual warfare. You see, according to the Hollywood worldview, they promote a cosmic dualism. It's as if good and evil are two equal and opposite forces opposing one another. In fact, in many films, it seems like darkness and evil is portrayed as being even stronger and more powerful than good, doesn't it? It seems like evil is winning and evil is out of control. But that is a perversion of God's truth, a grave distortion of the biblical worldview. You see, according to the biblical worldview, we see that Jesus clearly defeated Satan and his demonic forces during his life and ministry on earth and through his death and resurrection. Over and over again in the Gospels, we read how Jesus exercised his spiritual authority over the enemy by healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead, preaching the kingdom of God. He preached that the kingdom of God was here and that the kingdom of Satan is being destroyed. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the apostle John testifies that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So according to Scripture, Satan is a defeated foe. He's already been defeated. Although he's still alive and active, he is still a powerful spirit being. His power is limited. His time on earth is short. So we need to be aware of his schemes, but we don't need to be afraid. We have nothing to fear. Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says that the spirit who is in us is greater than the spirit who is in the world. And we are more than conquerors, more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. So yes, Satan can and does attack us as Christians. And you know what? One of the areas where Satan attacks us most as Christ followers is through the hurt and pain that we experience in life. And so, yes, the spiritual battle is real. And you know what? The pain that you and I experience in this life is also very real. The brokenness is real. It's no secret that as we journey through life, we get hurt, don't we? And we all bear, we've all been wounded, we all bear the scars from those wounds. Our parents may split up and divorce. A parent may leave or abandon the family. We can tragically lose parents or loved ones to sickness and disease, to tragedy. We can experience trauma, like the young man I recently ministered to who was nearly killed in two serious car accidents before he was 21 years old. Two traumatic experiences. We can be abused. Verbally, emotionally, physically, sexually. 
We can be sexually violated. We can be bullied at school. We can be damaged by the hurtful words spoken to us when we're young by parents and authority figures in our lives. We can be stabbed in the back, betrayed, rejected by a close friend. Or we can make poor, sinful choices that hurt us and hurt others around us. My own story is a story of rejection. When I was a teenager, my parents unexpectedly split up and eventually divorced. That entire experience rocked my world and shook me to the core. Caused me to question a lot of things in my life at the time. Turned our family upside down and literally changed everything from that day forward. My dad pretty much walked out of my life at that point. I haven't had much contact with him ever since. It wounded me. It confused me. It caused doubt inside of me. Caused me to question my call. It created a huge father wound in my life that needed healing. And it was right here when I was at a, stu a student at IWU that the healing process began. When I discovered the power of forgiveness. The truth is that when we are hurt, we react. And even though the actions committed against us are extremely painful and hurtful, sometimes our reactions to the hurt and pain is even more damaging to us. And what I mean by that is sometimes we hold on to anger and bitterness and resentment and hatred and unforgiveness in our hearts towards those who have hurt us. We want to take revenge on those who have caused us pain. We get angry with God and we shake our fist at God and say, why, God, didn't you protect me? Why didn't you allow this? Why did you allow this to happen? We make vows and we put up false walls of protection around us to make sure that nobody can ever hurt us again. We keep people at arm's length and at a distance. Or we try to cope with the pain in unhealthy ways, very self-destructive ways, through cutting, through eating disorders, through addictions to alcohol and drugs and prescription meds, sexual promiscuity, and the list goes on and on and on. Satan, our spiritual enemy, is malicious. And he seizes every opportunity he can get to increase the misery, to increase the pain and suffering in our lives. And he loves to take advantage of our negative reactions to the hurt and pain we experience. And he does this primarily through lies that he throws at us, he projects at us, he whispers to us in our minds. Lies such as nobody loves you. Your parents don't even love you. You're a worthless piece of trash. You're an accident. You are a mistake. You're a loser. You're a screw-up. God could never forgive you after what you did. God could never use someone like you with a past like yours. You're too dirty. You're too damaged. There's no hope for you. You'd be better off dead. In fact, no one will even notice if you're gone. 
Just end your life right now. You have the right to be angry. They don't deserve to be forgiven. Have you ever had any of those thoughts? The more we believe the lies, the more debilitating they can become in our lives. They can completely immobilize us and eventually lead us into a state of bondage emotionally, spiritually, into a deep, dark pit of depression, hopelessness, and despair to the point where we despair even of life itself. In John chapter 8, Jesus said that Satan is a liar, that there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. In fact, Jesus says lying is consistent with Satan's character. It's a part of who he is. He can't speak the truth because he is a liar and the father of lies. And his lies are ultimately intended to destroy us from the inside out. Eventually leading us to the point of suicide. So the battle is real. The pain we experience in this life is real. But I'm also here to share with you this morning that the healing that God offers us is also real. Last December, a man from the Middle East flew over to Wellsprings of Freedom International in Illinois with a missionary friend of ours. Our missionary friend had been mentoring, discipling this young Middle Eastern man over the course of several years. He was one of only 400 known evangelical Christians in his country, in this Muslim country. This man had suffered greatly for his faith in Jesus Christ. And I gained so much respect for him. He was physically beaten by his own father when he converted to Christianity, when he became a Christ follower. His Bible and his Christian books were stolen and hidden by his own family and were forbidden, was forbidden from having them in his home. He had lost several jobs because of his newfound faith in Jesus. He was denied rent of an apartment, couldn't find a place to live because he was a Christian in a Muslim culture. And he had been deeply wounded by North American missionaries who had previously served in his country. He felt betrayed, he felt hurt, and he was a very angry, angry man. You see, this Middle Eastern man loved Jesus, but he was filled with rage and anger and bitterness and resentment and feelings of hopelessness and despair. All this suffering had taken its toll on him. The spiritual oppression in his life was so deep, so intense, that demons would regularly manifest in and through him. They would change the tone of his voice, and he'd become physically and verbally aggressive towards people, including me. But through a series of freedom sessions last December, this Middle Eastern man was radically set free. The demonic strongholds in his life were broken. The chains were broken by the power and the name of Jesus. He experienced deep level healing from deep wounds in his past. 
And when he left Wellsprings of Freedom on the fourth day, after four days of ministry, he said, Brian, I feel like I'm a new man. The change was so dramatic in his life that when he returned back to his country, his family noticed the difference. In fact, his mom asked him, was concerned about him, asked if he had been seeing a counselor or if he was using drugs. She said, you've been so different lately. You have difficulties, but now you don't get angry. You have peace. You're actually nice to us. And his newfound freedom also empowered him to become a more effective witness for Christ in his culture. Just one month after he returned to his country, he led a Muslim man to faith in Jesus Christ, one of his co-workers. Keep in mind, there's only 400 known evangelical believers in his country, and he just led another one to Christ. And a month after that, this new believer who came to Christ eventually led his wife to faith in Jesus Christ. Two more people entered the kingdom within two months after his return back to his country. And we praise God for the victory. We praise him for the freedom. You see, this Middle Eastern man's story is living proof that there is no chain that Jesus can't break. There is no wound that can't be healed. There is no pain in our lives that can't be redeemed. There is no sin that can't be forgiven. Our God is healer. It's who he is. It's what he does in our lives. And in his mercy and grace, he can pick up the broken, shattered pieces of our lives and mend them into something beautiful again. Into a beautiful mosaic that reflects his glory to the world. Something that only he can do. He's a God who makes beauty from the ashes. He's a God who redeems and makes all things new. He's a God who heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He's a God who turns our mourning into dancing and our sorrows into praise. And by his power, he can restore everything that the enemy has stolen from you over the years. Including your hope, your dreams, your self-worth, your sense of value and dignity, your joy, your peace, your calling. There's so much brokenness in our world today. So much brokenness represented on this campus. So if you've been wounded, if you've been rejected, if you've been abandoned by someone, if you've been abused, betrayed, hurt, I want you to know that there is hope for you this morning. There is healing available in Jesus Christ. I like to tell every one of my clients the good news of the gospel is that although we can't change our past, by God's grace we can be set free from the past. The first step is to bring your hurt and your pain and your brokenness to Jesus. 
and lay it down before the cross. Jesus understands pain like no other, doesn't he? Son of God, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Experienced everything that you and I have experienced. He understands pain. He created you. He knows everything about you and your story. He knows your story and he feels your pain. And he longs for you to know this morning that you are a deeply loved child of God. He loves you. And he wants you to know that nothing that's happened to you can ever change that truth. Nothing could ever separate you from his love. And some of my favorite verses in the New Testament are found in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. The Apostle Paul writes, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, Not even the powers of hell could ever separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So as we come to our so what moment, our conclusion this morning, I want to ask you three questions to reflect on. First of all, what's your story? Does your story include rejection like mine? Does it include neglect or abandonment? Does your story include trauma, abuse, grief or loss, sorrow, depression? What's your story? There are many stories represented here this morning. Secondly, where have you been blind to the realities of spiritual warfare in your life? Meaning, have you allowed Satan to create footholds in your life? Footholds of anger, bitterness, resentment, hatred, unforgiveness, shame? Footholds of guilt and condemnation, self-hatred, self-rejection. What footholds have you allowed the devil to gain in your life? And thirdly, what are some of the biggest lies of the enemy that you've been believing? What are the lies? That you're a failure? That you're no good? You're not smart enough? You're not educated enough? too ugly, you're stupid. Things will never change, you're too damaged. God could never forgive you. You'll never be free. It'll always be this way. You've been hearing those voices, those thoughts in your mind. I invite you to pray with me this morning. Because there is freedom, there is healing available. And Jesus Christ who said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
Today is the day to stop believing the lies. To start believing the truth and standing on the truth that you are a child of God. And it's time to start seeking God's healing in your life. So would you bow your heads and pray with me? You're holding anger and bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. I want you to pray this prayer silently in your hearts. Lord, I believe that you're a good, good father. It's who you are. Yet I've allowed the enemy to lie to me, to establish footholds in my life. But today I am finished believing lies. That I'm a failure, that I'm too dirty or defiled or damaged, that I'll always be this way, that I can't be set free. I renounce those lies in the name of Jesus. And I boldly declare today that I am God's child. I am one of his beautiful creations. He is for me and not against me. And if our God is for us, who could ever be against us? Jesus, I seek your healing in my life. Bring healing to my broken heart. Healing to my wounds. And set me free. I love you. In Jesus' powerful name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.